Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Late Night Randomness Podcast where I sit in my room at night and talk randomly out loud for the rest of my family to hear. (laughs) I have a few things that I wanted to talk about today. I haven't posted anything for a month because of things I'm about to talk about. But I haven't been here because of... I wanted to try VR... For a while to get used to it and get a grasp on well, VR itself, since I am a first-time VR user, and also to teach myself how to use C Sharp and use Unity. I'll start with the VR one first because the Unity one part of the of this episode is going to be a, a long talk, but. Uh, <laughs> With the VR headset, I specifically have the Oculus Quest. The Quest is my first headset. I got it for the fact that people say the... Uh, what do you call it? Well, the main purpose of this headset is that it's a standalone headset. I don't know much. I'm a first-time user. I didn't look too much into it. So take most of what I say with a grain of salt. But... It's a, what people call, or what the company calls, a standalone headset. It's not support, well, it can be used, but right out the box, you can start using it without a computer, which is the main reason why I bought it. And after using it from that, the first game I've actually played was uh, Spaced Pirate Trainer, if that's the name of it. I don't know if I got that wrong, but if that's the name of it. I played that one, and immersion is crazy. Not gonna lie, it's really crazy, <laughs> and I really like it. I'm actually just jumping around, moving, dodging the bullets. It was really interesting to me, being the first time I ever done it. It felt like a workout, and I'm fat. But with the Oculus Quest, it was really fun to be in the middle of my room, not use my computer. And not be tied down to a weather, not a weather, <laughs> a tether or a wire like most people have a problem with on their nor like using any other headset. But I did buy the wire that'll connect the headset to the computer because they don't give you that right out the box. It's not compatible with it. You have to buy it from somewhere else. And I got it. And I played a few other games. I tried Beat Saber, Arizona Sunshine, VR Chat, and a few others, lesser known games. But Beat Saber, I want to touch on for a minute, has its own version on the Oculus Quest. The Quest actually has its own store, its own uh, store, just like Epic Games and Steam, two different branches. But Beat Saber is on the Quest. And also on PC. I tried it on Steam. And I tried it on the Quest. There's not a lot of differences. But very few subtle differences. You won't know unless you're kind of actually looking. Unless. Besides one of them which I'm about to explain. The first one. Is the floor that you're standing on. On the PC. You can see your light. The light from your sabers, sabers. Shining off the floor. And it's nice to look at. It's glossy. It reflects a little bit. But on the Oculus Quest, it's just a blue blocky floor. 
I know it's most likely there to optimize performance because it doesn't have the same the quest does not have the same power as a computer would. The other difference, one that you would know will see easily, is if you lose a match, yes, I lost a lot of them, don't judge me. On the quest, they just shrink and disappear, and on the computer, they like dissolve. And it's really weird because on the quest, when they're shrinking, you can still hit them and still get combos. Even though you lost. I don't know if you can do that on the PC. I haven't tried it yet. Because so far at this point I've gotten too good to fail now. So I'm happy about that. But. It's nice. Even though there's little subtle differences. It's still nice to play. But I would say that I would rather play it on the PC version. I don't know why. But I play better there. I don't. It feels off. When I play it on the Quest and not the PC version. I don't know why, but that's how it feels. It feels weird to me. I don't know why. But another thing that I want to talk about for the Quest is that gun games or games with guns, depending on how they do it, it's weird as fuck. I played Pavlov, and that game is awesome. Aiming in that is really nice. Even though I can't aim for shit, I prefer to aim from the hip, well, shoot from the hip, for the fact that even though I'm right-handed, I use my left eye to aim, and it's pretty weird when the stock of the gun is going right through my chest because I'm aiming with my left eye. I, I think that's just a me thing. I don't know why, but it's weird, so I just prefer not to aim. Yes, I will spray and pray half the time. <laughs> but, uh... The guns, specifically. Some games, when the, when the guns in the game are connected to the hand in some way, shape, or form, it fucks with me in so many different ways. Like, pistols in uh, Pavlov is not the same is not the same accuracy... Well, not the same way you would hold a pistol in Arizona Sunshine. Because... I don't know why, but in Arizona Sunshine, the gun is tilted upward a little bit. I've been playing so much Pavlov, where if I shoot the same way I would at that, I would instantly miss shooting more diagonally up to the right for some weird-ass reason. And every time I try to correct myself, I'll still be shooting way over or way under. I don't know why. But that's not the only game that did it. That did it. it also happened in Space Pirate Trainer, but it's less noticeable for the fact that the pistols in that game had a laser sight. Even though in that game you are able to calibrate the angle at which the gun is. I haven't changed it. I found out you could when I when I stop playing one day, but I prefer to not change it. But either way, even though my aiming is shit in Arizona Sunshine, it's pretty nice. And in that game, when you're opening car doors to find other things, and sometimes cabinets, fridges, and doors, it's pretty fucking weird when something clips through you. 
I don't have long ass arms, so when I open a door and I get smacked in the face by a door by a car door, and it faces right through me, I get fucking tripped out. I just lose all balance and fucking question what happened to me. I know I only notice that so much actually, in, specifically in Boneworks. I've played that, and since that entire game is practically physics based. Since you can interact with literally everything and you actually have a body there. It's really weird when I try and pull something. Like if I try and open a cabinet and my arm gets caught on it. I know my arm won't get caught on a cabinet door in real life. But when I do it in that and I have to fucking backhand the door so it can open. It's weird. And it completely throws me out of it. But other than that, skip. All the VR games I have played so far, except for two of them, which I'm not going to talk about, since they're so underdeveloped, it's fucking bad. <laughs> oh my god. But all the VR games i played so far are really good, and I like them all. Again, except for those two. They make me sick. Not because of motion sickness, just because of everything there looking so different. But... The, another game that I want to try soon for VR is actually uh, Half-Life Alex. That game came out a while back, and I want to try it, but at the moment I don't have money for it for the fact that I am going to be moving out soon, hopefully. So I'm saving my money for that. Once I'm finan financially stable, I'll try and go for Half-Life Half Alex and probably make a review on it. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with you with my YouTube channel yet, which I will put in the description of the podcast. But, oh yeah, I forgot to talk about the uh, fucking screen, the lenses for the quest. I don't know how lenses are supposed to look, but people say there's something called a screen door effect. Like, if you're looking through a screen door, that's what you would see. That's the screen door effect. And... I have noticed it sometimes, but only in games when, I, when I'm not immersed enough in it. In games like Boneworks, I don't notice it. But sometimes in VR chat, when I'm bored and just playing murder, sometimes I notice it. But when there's enough happening, it, I don't notice it at all. I'm assuming all VR headsets have that problem. And I don't know what causes the problem. I'm guessing it's pixels since you're so close to the the screen with your eyes. That's what's causing the screen door effect. That's just my guess. But, eh. I don't design headsets so I can't say. Now with that out of the way. Actually, there's still another thing I forgot to talk about. Which I actually did want to talk about a lot. Is the motion tracking. Because when I seen the Rift S, I was debating on buying that one rather than the Quest. But since the Quest I found out was standalone, I went for that one. Uh, I've always thought that all headsets require the two towers that go in the opposite corners of your room. And the Quest doesn't have it. It has, I believe, four to five cameras, or just four cameras. Not... Uh, directly on the headset that tracks your hands, but both controllers also have a sensor that are, that's on the top of it, 
which is a little white light. But if you block that white light in any way, shape, or form, your hand is just gone. It'll just start drifting away, off to go who knows what. But I most it's only annoying sometimes when I'm playing games like Pavlov when I'm holding a long gun like an AK or something. When I have to put both hands in front of me, sometimes I'll block multiple sensors trying to aim through my fucking left eye and the entire thing's gone. I start drifting to the bottom left. But that's why ever since I started shooting from the hip, it works a whole lot better for me now. Even though my hands are low into my side, it still does get well. It still does uh, register the movements that I'm doing. But one thing that I thought is that no matter your hand, well, no matter which way you move your hand, if it's not in the sensor, it won't get tracked. But obviously, if you put your hand behind you, it well, the controller right behind you, it's not getting tracked. But it only doesn't track the motion of it and not the direction that your hand is actually moving. So you can still twist and turn it no matter where it is behind your back. And that's interesting to me for the fact that you can still control it, just not move it. It's, it's really funny to me on a few times that have the boy I use that to my advantage where in Murder Mystery in uh, VR chat. Sometimes when I'm the detective, I can put the gun behind me, and it, if I try and, like, move my hand around, pe it won't, like, move ahead of me until I move my hand back, and I can just sh shoot right through myself and hit anyone. And it's interesting to me, and I love it. I don't know why, I'm just gonna u start using that to my advantage sometimes. All the time, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but... I believe that's everything I wanted to talk about with VR. I'll probably start a VR channel and will use my YouTube channel for VR content because it's interesting to me. I really do like VR. Honestly, I would play that more than PC games if I wasn't so lazy enough to stand up. And with VR chat, I do. Not VR chat. Well, in VR, I prefer to stand up than sit down in a chair. It's... I like being... I like the, uh... The fuck is the word again? I don't know why I thought exposure, but it's not exposure. <laughs> it's fucking, um... God, I really forgot the word. Oh, fuck. Immersed. That's immersed. That's the... <laughs> that's the word. It makes me feel more immersed when I'm standing up. So I prefer to stand up and no matter the game. Even if... Unless the game requires me to sit down... I'm going to stand up. Like in a keep talking, nobody explodes, I'll still stand up. Even though it looks like I'm sta I'm a midget standing on a chair, I'ma stand up. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah. I'm gonna start making some VR content. Maybe. I'll see what happens. But, uh... I believe that's everything I wanted to talk about with it. Now, on to the Unity stuff that I want to talk about. If you guys if you guys are listening to this on YouTube, you have the other videos that I've made, and some of them talk about how I want to become a game designer. And 
I did want to do it on Roblox because that seemed like an easy way to make a game, get it out there, and I already have, like, half the things at my disposal. I have characters, I have the scripting software, I have some objects from other people, and also I can import my own stuff from Blender. So everything's kind of there already. I didn't have to model and rig a character that I would have to in Unity. But I dropped that and I moved to Unity because I just wanted, I thought that learning the hard stuff, well, the hard, the hard part of it in the beginning would probably be more beneficial to me than making or working on a kid's game. So I moved to Unity and I started working, I started writing, well, teaching myself how to write C Sharp. And I don't know if this is just me or if it's how it's supposed to be, but so far, scripting just seems like a whole bunch of if statements, if you know what that means. <laughs> I don't know if it is, but it feels like it. There's stuff in between the if statements that'll not make it seem like that. But when it's in Unity, to me, it feels like it. I don't know why. I could be coding wrong, but it's working. That's all. I, that's all I'm happy about. It might. I've written so far over 500 lines, and I can say at least a good 120 of them are probably if statements, probably, most likely less. But that's a lot of if statements. It's a lot of them. But yeah. If I'm if it's not how it's supposed to be, I'll change it in the future. Not now. I don't want to rewrite the entire movement script that I made for my character. But yes, since I moved to Unity, I've made my own blocky character. I named him Max, and he's my little test dummy. I also made him modeled out a sword, gave it to him, and made a training dummy for him to hit with the sword. So far, I've learned how to make him move around, except for backwards, and he is able to now pick up the sword, and it'll automatically attach to his back once he walks into it, then he can equip it, swing it, jump, meh, bleh, bleh, you know the drill. You know how games work, probably, but not this game. But, I'm still working on it. I'm trying to make a full movement set. At the moment, he just has like a one, two, three combo starter attack where he, what he, that he can do if he's just standing still. And he has a dash attack and a attack that he can do while crouching. The only two things that I don't know how to do is the aerial stuff for the fact that he can jump, but he can't move in the air. He can only jump when standing still, and if he jumps, he can't move. So he can't re-angle himself in the air, and he can't jump while moving yet. And the training dummy, the only thing that that's used for at the moment is every time I hit him with the sword, he it'll just print out hit in the output. So, with all that, I don't think I'm ready to make a game yet, but... The stuff that I am trying to learn at the moment is going to go towards the first game that I want to make, which I will talk a little bit about here. I've played a lot of Kingdom Hearts. I'm pretty sure 
a lot of gamers have at least heard about Kingdom Hearts. A lot of people were hyped for Kingdom Hearts 3, so I know you at least heard about it when it came out. So, I replayed a few Kingdom Hearts games, specifically 1 and 2. I never got around to Dream Dream Drop Distance. And the one game that I always kept thinking about from Kingdom Hearts was fucking... What was that game in the mix collection? Fuck. Hold on. Let me search it real quick. Uh, the fuck was the name of the game? I don't know why, but I just completely blanked on his na- on that game's name. I feel disappointed. I can't call myself a Kingdom Hearts fan if I don't fucking remember. I really want to remember it before I find it in here. Oh my god. Why? Why am I blanking on it? I'm not going to move on until I remember this fucking name. What the hell? Oh my god, I fucking forgot it. Alright, fuck it. I'm not going to keep searching for it. The name of the game... Not the name. But the game was with Aqua Ventus and Terra. I don't know why I can't remember the name of it. I know it's not Birth by Sleep. But... I can't remember the game, so I'll just move on from it so I can just avoid dead air. <laughs> but, uh, I thought about that game, specifically the tournament the tournament parts of it, where you can beat any one of them in their armored form and go throughout the tournaments. Like, every other Kingdom Hearts has a tournament section. But I thought about that, and I thought about, what if... Well, what if a Kingdom Hearts game was not only multiplayer, but was competitive? So I I started thinking about how a a competitive Kingdom Hearts game would work. Not much the entire game, but more or less the combat part of it. How do you put that type of combat into a fast-paced competitive game? That That was my first thought of this the game that I'm actually trying to create now, which is going to go towards that in the future. Because in Kingdom Hearts, there's a lot of things to think about. Not only the ground combat, but you also have your aerials, magic, and also you can do status effects with most things, with most spells and stuff, but also items. The items things I still have not thought about, but... I do have an idea of how they would work if I decided to put them in, which I will talk about later. The combat here that I was thinking about is that if you get combo locked (laughs) in Kingdom Hearts and it's a competitive game, I don't think there's a lot of ways you can break out of it unless everybody has their own set revenge skit, revenge meter, or something. But... Well, nobody would have that. Nobody would know how to do it unless... Some way. That I still have yet to think about. But I started thinking about how a competitive game would work with the... uh, Combat style of Kingdom Hearts. So I started looking into other things. And 
came up with some more ideas so I didn't just make a Kingdom Hearts ripoff. I found out, I started watching Ruby, and this is a while ago, like years ago. I watched Ruby, some of it, not all of it, and I got to the point where they had their own little tournament section, and I thought, hey, what if you could, what if in this game that I wanted to make, there were the special areas that they had? There would be grassy areas. Uh, lava-like areas or molten areas, watery areas, and what that would do would give you a boost on that specific magic type, but also weaken whatever magic it goes against. But if the if you go into an area that doesn't uh, go against it, then the, the magic would just still do normal damage. That's what I thought of so far. But, I just recently thought about a new thing that I would do to it, and that would add a primary type of magic for every character, or every person that plays. Everybody will have a set primary magic that would be stronger for them, but also still be a little bit more affected by whatever counters it. Or whatever goes against it. But you can... The one thing to note here is that you can still use other magic too. But your main magic, which is your primary magic, it would be buffed. But you would be weaker to whatever goes against it. Like, if my main type would be fire, whoever has water would be super effective to me. Best way I can describe it. But I still wanted other things too, like abilities, uh, items I am still thinking about, I'm about to get into that, and other types of magic, other combat, and a lot of other stuff that I want to, that I want to put into it, but I don't want to talk about it yet, because I, I feel like if I give too much out, somebody will take all my ideas, make a game out of it, not credit me, and like, fuck, I can't make this game anymore. But to the items that I was talking about, the items would work, if I did put it in, in this way. The At the beginning of every match, every player that would be in the game would get a set amount of money that they can spend in a store. They could buy the items, and in that, and during the game, they could actually use it. Everybody gets a set amount of item, well, the same amount of money, spends it differently, and whatever happens in match happens. That's that's one way I thought it would happen. Another way I thought it would happen would just be everybody goes in, everybody gets the same type of items, but there's no fun in that. So if I did, if I would add it in, it would be the first option. And, like I just said, everybody, the game is most likely going to be in teams of, I would say, from one to four people per team. And, (sighs) there's a lot of other things that I wanted to talk about, but I'm completely blanking right now. But, uh... I want to hop back to the stage stuff I was talking about earlier. How I'm 
stealing that entire thing from Ruby. Sorry, Rooster Teeth. But, uh, uh, to prevent the game from lasting too long, I would say. Because it sounds like with four big areas, that'll give bonus effects or well, buffs or debuffs, depending on how you are to any player, the map would be kind of big. But, this is a tournament setting, so I really can't have it too big. So, the areas aren't going to be too big, and I would say, after a set amount of time, they actually lower the platforms, and, then if, I, and if anybody is still caught in the on the islands while it's closing, they are instantly counted as out. So then this, the change would would change from a bigger arena to a smaller platform that gives no that gives no buffs or debuffs to anyone. That's how I would think it. Well, that's how I would do it. But there's only two way two other ways other than getting trapped or knocked out like that. There's only two other ways how you would be able to knock out someone on the enemy on the other team first way would be to well uh take away all their life their health their hp and everything so just your normal combat get through their shield and get through their life and then they're down for the count or you can hit them off the platform and that would also count as out since they're not on the platform anymore. But each one still has their own catch. Knocking somebody off of a platform, they can still they still have the ability to jump back on it. Not if you fall all the way down, you're still out. But if you get thrown off, you can still jump back if you can or dash back or something. I'll think of ways later. I have not thought of any ways right now. But that's what I that's what I was thinking. But if you're downed after losing enough HP, this is where the items and some magic comes in. You can heal someone if you're far distance or pick them back up if you're close to them. So the best way to do it, I would say, is to keep everybody away from each other. Well, eh, no, hold on, that would sound, that would be stupid. Because... No, I don't want people to heal someone from across the map. That would be fucking stupid while they're down. No, I'm making that decision right now. You can, you're not going to be able to heal from across the map. Only if they're not downed. That's how that would work. They have to be living and on stage to heal. I would say a special type of item which you can only buy one of. Maybe two. Uh, in the shop... If that's going to be in it. Could revive a downed player without you having to go to them. That's probably how it's going to go for me. I don't know. The best way I would put that in. But, like I said, I'm working alone on this. I don't have anyone teaching me. I don't have anyone working with me. If I'm ever going to put my dreams out there, it's going to be hard as shit. But, I do have other game ideas, which I will touch on... In other episodes, I just gotta get used to talking out loud in my room at night. So, for the meantime, you guys are gonna have to deal with shitty audio. 
me not being able to speak right, going quiet, and breathing. But, I think that's all I want to talk about for this game. I'll probably go into more details on it on another episode. But, that's where I'm going to cut that off now. One thing I do want to say before I wrap this up is that... uh, One thing that is actually motivating me right now to continue my dreams of game design is looking at other people's games that they're either making right now or have made. One thing that got me a little bit fueled up to continue learning it and move to Unity was when I watched Lixian's video on how he made Damien, the game for Mark. And if you guys don't know who Lixian, he is the editor of Markiplier's videos. I don't know all of it, but he is, I would say, the main person. He does, he does an awesome job. He made a game, which is more than I can ever say for the meantime, and it's good. But his game with Damien actually motivated me to do this. Another thing that's currently motivating me right now is a game that I just watched a preview of, of a boss fight that they recently put out, and by recently I mean, like, probably about a month ago, (laughs) I would say, but it's, uh, the fuck is the name of that game? No Straight Roads, I believe is the name of it, if I search that right now. Yep, the game is called No Straight Roads. It is not out yet, and it's a game about music as far as I know. I literally watched it before coming onto this, so I don't know too much about it. All I've noticed so far is that it's a two-player game. I don't know if it's online, but it is local co-op. And there's a demo for it out now, and you can pre-order it, I believe. (laughs) That's what the website's saying right now that I'm looking at. And it's a nice game. I believe it's it's not like a rhythm game as far as I know. The the preview that I watched did not seem too rhythmic. But it seemed interesting. I'm going to keep my eye on it. I'm going to learn more about it, probably talk about it more later. And I'm actually going to play it once it comes out. So, yeah. I would, so for you guys, I would say check it out. It's called No Straight Road. It's on the Epic Game Store. And I'll leave a link to that in the description. Alright, I've been talking for a little too long now. If you haven't heard, my voice is starting to dry out. It is hot in this house. The AC stopped working. So that's why if you can hear a fan in the background, that's why. Alright, I hope you guys have a good night. I'll see you guys later.